Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Now I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. And we are, um, we're in our last message on the series titled, Let There Be Light. Um, and I, I really believe that the Lord um, put certain things in the Bible so that the physical parallels the spiritual. In other words, there are certain things that God put in creation, should I say, so that when he talks about it in the Bible, we could have a physical example of a spiritual reality and light happens to be one of those things. Uh, if you haven't, if you're not up to speed, you're a member of the church, part of this church, and you, you're not up to speed on the light series, I want to encourage you to go ahead and listen to it and listen to it with your Bible open. Uh, uh, the purpose of these messages is to teach and feed the body of Christ so that we'll be stronger and closer to God. Amen. We want to get stronger and closer to God, and that's the purpose of the preaching of the word, to build faith so that we could follow him. And um, here's what we've covered so far. The first message was light is life. Everyone say light is life. Okay, and then the next progression after light is life is light is favor. Everyone say light is favor. Okay, now that, that is all the way from the book of Genesis all the way through the concept of having life through light is from the very beginning. Light is favor is also part of the very beginning of the unfolding of the, of the teachings of the Bible. We have favor when we stand and in the light of his face. Okay, we have favor when, we, when he smiles upon us, we have the favor of God. And the favor of God is so, it's so wonderful to have the favor of God. How many, how many have little treats and little things that when you look at it, you say, only God did that because he's so good. He's so wonderful. How many are thankful for all of the wonderful ways that he blesses us? And, and, and takes care of us. And so light is life. Light is favor. And then thirdly, light is fellowship. Everyone say light is fellowship. Okay. And what that means is that the Lord wants us to be in constant fellowship with him. Okay. When you walk in the light, you, you can walk in fellowship with God. And so watch this. Light is life. Light is favor, light is fellowship. Now today, when Jesus unpacks this message for us, okay, uh, uh, because of those three things, what he desires is for light to also be a testimony. And the title of the message today is Light is Testimony. Because how many would agree that after the blessing of life from Christ and favor and fellowship, how many know the natural outflow of all of that blessing from God should be that we testify and tell other people? 
Now, the reason why uh, that sequence is important is because um, I can tell you from uh, that as a pastor, the, the temptation, the propensity in a pastor is to tell people, um, um, test a, give your testimony, tell people, share the gospel, wherever you go, talk about Jesus. And we want to and we want to tell you all the time, but here's the thing, I know this to be true, okay? You can't give what you don't have. So people don't testify because they ought to. That's kind of like having a flashlight with no batteries. I mean, you go click, click, click. You know, there's nothing there. Now, what I'm trying to say is that God doesn't put the burden, although he does put the responsibility. You'll see that in a moment. He doesn't put the burden on you, okay? He shines his light and gives us life. He shines his light and gives us favor so that people go, why did you get that job? And you go, it's just the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. Why did you get that? It's, it's just because God is good. You know, I can't explain it except that Jesus is wonderful. You see, that's why he puts the favor of God, you know, not because, not so that when good things happen to us, we go, yeah, because, you know, you know, I, I can't help it. I'm that good, you know. I know it's not like that. We're not that good. It's that he is that good. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Should be a natural outflow. And then as you're walking in fellowship with God, that closeness to God, it makes, it does something to people. You see, in the book of Acts, as the church was born and unfolding, the, the, the most educated religious people were talking to the disciples, and the disciples were just fishermen. And the Bible says they took note that these unschooled fishermen had been with Jesus. In other words, they were fellowshipping with Jesus, and because they were fellowshipping with Jesus, there was a courage and a boldness. They, the, the glory of God was on them. You see, so, so today's message is about the outflow of life, okay, of favor, of fellowship. The natural outflow should be testimony. It's just, it's just the way it is. It should just flow out of us. It should be testimony. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and read what Jesus says uh, um, and um, we're going to talk about salt first, but I'll visit salt at the end. But look at what Jesus said. This is, by the way, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. This is the most famous sermon in the Bible. Jesus is explaining what his kingdom is like. He just finished uh, sharing the Beatitudes, which are the kingdom attitudes that the people of God should walk in. And then he wraps that, that thought up by saying this. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, let me, I want to tell you this. It, this will mean something towards the end of the message. But let me just say, the reason why Jesus said you are the salt of the earth is because salt in that time was the main preservative. It's what they would put on food so that it would resist decay. 
They didn't have all the refrigeration and all the stuff that we have now. And so salt would resist decay. And when he says, you are the salt of the earth, our presence should be like a preservative. Okay? Okay? The, the world is, is being overrun by spiritual decay. But how many know when we show up, our spirit resists decay? Amen? But it's more than that. Notice this. Okay, then he says, ready? It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Now notice, notice, in the same way, everyone say in the same way. Okay, here's the bridge. Remember, here's the bridge from the physical reality to the spiritual reality. So he's talking about a city on a hill and people lighting a lamp. And now, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Now it's spiritual. Okay? Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so today's message is about us letting our light shine. Everyone who knows the Lord should constantly be giving a testimony to who he is and to how good he is. And uh, uh, what we want to do is we want to pray today and ask the Lord for grace to shine his light. Because when we shine the light of Christ the Father in heaven gets the glory. And Pastor Matt was talking about there are people here who someone invited. There are people here who you got here because someone prayed for you, you know, and someone talked to you about the Lord, and now we need to take our place. Now, uh, uh, what I want to do is I want to pray that this is not, and, and this has been a funny, a funny day because, um, uh, this message can be really challenging to people in the sense that it's not like the most natural thing for people to share their testimony and to share their faith. In fact, I believe that there are a lot of people that have never experienced the joy of leading someone to Christ. And can I tell you, it is wonderful. It is amazing. It's, a, it's such an awesome thing to be part of uh, someone's faith story that they entered into the kingdom of God. When we get to heaven, that's what will be celebrated. That's what we're going to be rejoicing about. Those will be the amazing stories about how people were led to Christ and they came to serve him as Lord and Savior. And we want to be part of that. So let's pray right now. Father... We thank you for this uh, beautiful day in your presence. We thank you for all of the, the new members, oh God. And, and God, I don't know how they got into this church, but Lord, I thank you for the day that they got into your body, the day that they gave their life to you. God, I thank you, Father, that, that most likely, Lord, that someone shared Christ with them Someone shared the gospel with them, and they came to know you as Lord and Savior. And Father, as we go into this Easter season, I pray, Lord, that you would make your people, O oh God, 
uh, an amazing testimony for your glory. Do it by your mighty power. Help us, O oh God. And, and God, let the, let the light of Jesus be released through every single life here, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. Amen. So when it comes to light, um, here's a couple of key things that Jesus lays out for us. First of all, what we're going to see in these few verses is that Jesus lays out the reality of light. And then he lays out the responsibility of light. And then lastly, he challenges us with the release of light. So let's get right into it. The first thing is the reality of light. Here is the reality. The reality is you are the light of the world. This is the reality. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, which is obviously true. But when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, now Jesus lives inside of us. And so we become the light of the world also. Everyone say, I am the light of the world. Yes, you are. That's the reality. Okay? I am the light of the world. And the way God set his kingdom up is that based on where you are uh, planted, based on where you work, based on where you live, based on where you shop, based on where you go, uh, uh, whether it be the park that you play basketball at or, or tennis or, or jog or go for walks in, wherever you are, you are the light of the world right there. It's kind of like last night I... I uh, you know, I spoke someplace else, and I spent five hours yesterday on a plane. And um, when you're six foot three, let me tell you, that's not a lot of fun. And I was, I was, I had a sneaker in the back of them. I was trying to get comfortable. I put a sneaker back here and a sweatshirt over here, and I was, it was just horrible. Um, but when I was, when I, we were landing last night, we were over Lake Michigan, and look, on it was completely dark. Right? It was completely dark over Lake Michigan. And then when you start to come on the city scene, because I came in about, uh, I don't know, 8.30 or so, when we were landing, you saw all of the light uh, of the city of Chicago. And it was beautiful in its own way. You see? And I think in the same way that we have that physical picture of, of all of those lights, I wonder how many lights there are in Chicago. You know, how many would agree with me that when Jesus was saying this, he was saying that it should be the same way, that we would be those same lights, but not street lights, not the light of the sign of Home Depot, but that we would be like lights, like torches that say Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the savior of the world, God most high. We're supposed to be the ones lighting up the city. Can I get an amen? That's the reality. That's the way it is. That's, that's, here's, here's what light, how, how light is defined, okay? Light is defined this way. It says to be a light source, to be a light giver. We are called to be light givers. When you go to work tomorrow, go to school, we're called to be light givers. This is what a light means. It means to be bright. I've been joking all day that Christians need to practice smiling. Everybody go like this. 
okay? How many know we're supposed to be bright? You know, it's like, oh, you love God. How many know we're supposed to be happy in Jesus? Because God is good. And I, I, uh, I mentioned last week that a, a young lady in our church was laughing in, in Mariano's. And as she laughed in Mariano's, there was something about that laugh. Okay? There's a laugh, and then there's a laugh that is full of light. And so she started laughing, and she's joking around with someone, and she's laughing so much that a woman follows her and finally says, why are you so happy? That's the moment, guys. Okay? That's the open door, you know? So that's the moment to let out the light. So she said, it's Jesus. Jesus. You know? The people of God, we're all called to be lights. And then how many know the church is called to be a lighthouse? She said to her, come to the church. And the lady's been coming ever since the sister. I'm looking forward to meeting her. That's the way it works. That's simple. You see, because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. And if we just let that light shine, it's so powerful. And so it's important for us to understand that Wherever you go, if you live in Humble Park or Wicker Park or Lincoln Park or whatever park, you know, whatever brook, Edgebrook, Waterbrook, whatever brook, right? Wherever you live, you're called to be there, okay? This is the reality, to be a light. Now, the reason why the reality is so important is because wherever we don't shine our light, the people are in darkness. And if you ask yourself, why is Chicago, for example, in, in such dire straits, it's because this, is there's a blackout, okay? Now, I don't know if you remember, um, if we, you guys have had blackouts here, okay? But I remember being a kid in New York in, in the 70s, there was a terrible, terrible blackout in in New York. This was the cover of the Daily News in the 70s. Okay, and here's what happened. The lights went out for over 24 hours in New York City. It was a total blackout. And listen to this. 3,300 people were arrested in one night. Okay? 3,300 people were arrested uh, um, more than $300 million of property damage because there was rioting and looting. Today, in today's value, it would be $1 billion in one night. Okay? There were more than 1,000 fires. 1,600 stores were ransacked. Okay? And there were looters, which means people were breaking in. And could you put up the next slide? All over New York, this is what it looked like. People were just breaking into stores and stealing stuff. But here's what's amazing, okay? These people were walking out thinking, oh, I got my new TV or, you know, oh, that blender I've been eyeing, you know what I mean? And they're running down the block. But what was happening is that even the looters were being looted. <laughs> amazing. Okay? Even the looters were looted. You know, they went in there, they took stuff, and someone took their stuff. It's unbelievable. 
Okay? Now, why am I saying this? Here's why. Okay? It's the same physically, spiritually. Listen to me. In the same way that, that natural blackouts bring out the worst in people, spiritual blackouts bring out the worst in people. You see? Wherever there's a spiritual blackout, people act crazy. You know? It's, it's just in our nature. Wherever there's a spiritual blackout, people, it's just rioting. You know, if, if there's a, you know, a family where people are fighting and, and going nuts in the house, well, you know what that is, right? That's a spiritual blackout. That's really what's going down. Uh, I, I wanted to go outside when it happened, and uh, my dad wouldn't let us in. It, it was like we were in lockdown that night. Because my dad was trying to protect us. But, but here's the thing. Wherever there's a blackout, it also imprisons people. Spiritual blackouts put people in a prison. They, they can't move around freely. You see, this is what's going on in Chicago. What Chicago needs is, look, I, we pray for politicians. We pray for the mayor. We pray for, for the aldermen. We pray for people in government in Springfield, and we should do that. We pray for teachers. We pray for police officers. But let me tell you something. More money, more programs, they can help. More education, more of this, they can help. But they will not solve the spiritual problem that Chicago has. The Chicago, uh, the problem with Chicago is that there is a spiritual blackout and the people of God has to have to rise up and shine the light of Christ so that hearts and families and lives can be healed. This city needs revival. This city needs light. The light of Christ. When the light of Christ shines, everything changes. Hallelujah. And we need to understand uh, um, that all sorts of craziness take place when there's a blackout. Here's another quick example. In the same decade in the 70s, Israel went to war with Egypt. And Anwar Sadat, who was uh, the leader of Egypt, I forget whether he was the president or what his title was, but he knew that as soon as they attacked Israel, Egypt attacked Israel, he knew that um, fighter pilots and people would come in from all over the world to fight for Israel. And so what he said was, is that he will shoot down any commercial plane that's coming in, he'll shoot it down. He doesn't care. And so what Israel did is they actually forced the blackout, okay? The planes were landing with, with no lights on. The cars were driving. I mean, for I don't know how many days, they turned every light off. They even, on the cars, you know when you turn your car and the light turns on, they were painting the, the, the lamps black so that no light would shine and people had to move very carefully uh, throughout that time so that the Egyptians wouldn't know where to shoot and what to go after. So they, they created an incredible blackout. But here's an interesting thing that happened, okay? They found that the, the soldiers in Israel didn't function as well as they usually did. They didn't fight 
uh, uh, as well as they usually did. They had more casualties and, and all sorts of issues. And so they actually did a study. And what they found out, okay, is that as great as that plan was, even the soldiers were psychologically affected by living in darkness all the time. In other words, the soldiers were supposed to go out and fight and they were battling with fear, not because they were afraid of the enemy, but because the darkness was overwhelming them. Now I want you to think about how many people walk around in fear in this city. I want you to think about how, how, how many people are afraid and depressed and, and all, all of those sorts of maladies and conditions that come. And be, the reason is, is because of darkness. Darkness makes people afraid. When darkness prevails, instead of the light of Christ, people, they start to, they, they start to they even are emotionally we get affected by the darkness. But how many know we have the light of the gospel? And we are the light. That's the reality. So the first thing that this teaches us is that we are the light of the world. Now, this leads us naturally into we have a responsibility. Okay, here's the responsibility. Let's put this up. It says, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. If the musicians could come, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Okay? When you fly into Chicago, how many know you can't hide all of those lights? It's impossible. This is what Jesus is saying. You, can, you can't blanket all of You might be able to cover one light, but you can't cover all of those lights. Okay? He says, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl? Okay, no one will go home today and turn a lamp on and then put it in the closet. You see? No, you turn the light on so that you could see because the light will help you to see. He said instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Say that with me. Everyone in the house. When you go someplace, you have a responsibility to shine light so that everyone in the house, everyone in the room, everyone in the class, everyone in the elevator, everyone wherever you go, if they could look at you and then light shines out of you. You see? And remember, I just gave the illustration that, um, that this doesn't mean that you're preaching all the time. The girl was just laughing. Okay? She was just laughing, but how many know there was light inside of her? For many, many years, I, I told the story about uh, driving on the highway and I stopped at a McDonald's to get a sausage McMuffin without egg. <laughs> Those are not bad. And, uh, um, and, I, and I'm standing online and there's this little tiny lady and she's just greeting everyone and she was just, she was on point. You know what I mean? And uh, she was, like, talking and fast and smiling and all this kind of stuff. And I was sitting behind a really, like, this dude must have been a basketball but huge or football player, huge guy, but in a business suit on. And he's there, and we're all waiting. And he finally got up, and he says to her, he looks down on her because she was a little thing. 
And he looks down at her and says, could you please, because everybody online is wondering, would you please tell us what is the secret of your joy? And she looked up right in his face and she goes, oh, that's very easy, sir. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the secret of my joy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wherever you go, McDonald's, okay, Lumanaris. You know it's getting time to end, right, because I'm, you know. <laughs> My heart is divided, Lord. Help me to stay focused, Jesus. Stay in the spirit, Lord. Oh, snap. Cannot means, cannot means that you don't negate the existence. Could you put that definition up for me? Look at what cannot means. Cannot means to negate, not that you don't, to negate or deny the reality of an alleged fact. Here's the fact. We are the light of the world. Don't deny it. Don't deny it. Okay? No matter what happens, don't deny it because you have no idea how God wants to use it. You know, do you know Deion Sanders, the famous football, uh, professional football, superstar football player, uh, pretty awesome professional baseball player, an incredible talent. He uh, tells the story that he gave his life to Christ. And guess, guess uh, uh, what day he gave his life to Christ. He gave his life to Christ on the night after the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl. So he won the Super Bowl, and he didn't want to go out and party, okay? He actually went back to his room, and he didn't know what to do with himself, okay? And, and what he, this is his testimony. He didn't know what to do with himself, and so he got on the phone, and he ordered a brand-new Lamborghini, Okay? Oh, snap. Some people just got it pretty good, don't they? You know what I mean? And so he just orders a Lamborghini by phone. Okay? But he said, I don't want to go out and party, and I don't know. And after he ordered the Lamborghini, he felt so empty. He, he was like, he was in such a, an empty space that he said, I have to give my life to Jesus. He gave his life to the Lord. Okay. On the day that I guarantee you that when he was a little boy, okay, when he was probably seven or eight years old, he was probably running around his house and dodging the furniture and saying, one day I'm going to go like this, I'm going to go like this, and I'm going to go, I'm going to score right in the Super Bowl. I'm going to be a superstar. I guarantee you he did something like that when he was a little boy. He probably lived his whole life to be a superstar athlete. And when it actually came, what he lived his whole life for was actually delivered. Guess what he recognized? He recognized that he was empty. You know how he became a Christian? Because his lawyer testified. He says that his lawyer, not on that night, at another occasion, his lawyer would tell him, Dion, okay? Do you know lawyers, lawyers talk about Jesus too? <laughs> lawyers, bankers, 
okay? Architects, it's like, it's like we, we tend to think, well, those people, they don't need how many? Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Judges need Jesus. Doctors need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. And wherever God has made you like a lamp, like a light post, wherever that is, how many know we are called to, we have a responsibility to shine that light. So I don't know how it went, but could you imagine that lawyer saying, Dion, I know you got great moves on the football field, but dude, you need Jesus. Dion, I think you're empty. You need Jesus. Okay? You need Jesus. And could you imagine his lawyer telling him, you need Jesus. And then finally, he's there by himself and saying, oh, Lord. And he bent his neck and he gave his life to Christ. Does anybody know who Ravi Zacharias is? I'm just curious. Raise your hand if you know who Ravi Zacharias is. Okay. A good amount, more than 50%. Uh, of people know Ravi Zacharias. Ravi Zacharias is an evangelist apologist. An apologist is someone who goes around and he gives uh, um, logical, philosophical uh, defenses of the Word of God and of the truth. It's a very unique gift that uh, certain people have. Ravi Zacharias has an amazing gift. Well, if his story is this, when he was a teenager, he was experiencing deep, deep despair. And someone invited him to a youth group. And he went to a youth group, okay, kind of a Christian service. And then he went back home. And when he went back home, he, he didn't get it. All right? And I want to make a point about this in a moment. He didn't get it. He went back home. He tried to commit suicide. And so they take him to the hospital. And when he goes to the hospital, one of the youth leaders from the youth group heard about it and went directly to him. And there on his, in his bed of suicide, literally, he started to just read the Bible to him. And as he read the Bible, Ravi uh, 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 records that he says all of a sudden as he read the Bible, I was immediately, the lights turned on. I was born again. I was transformed. I went from the darkest, deepest place to the best place. And my whole life was changed because someone came and read the Bible to me. And then Ravi went on to be raised up. He has spoken at the United Nations. He has spoken at the Russian Military Academy. He's spoken at Harvard University and and UCLA and all of these different universities. And if you listen to his lectures, it's amazing. I don't know how many hundreds and thousands of people, college students, intellectuals have bent their knee or bent their neck and said, Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God because Ravi Zacharias was raised up to declare the truth of God's word to them. But what if no one talked to him? You see, What if no one invited him to that group? You see, what we need to understand is it is not our responsibility to convert people because we can't. It is our responsibility to shine the light. And all day I've been sharing this. You know, one of our kind of um, local missionaries, Todd Lucas, he and his uh, uh, wife, they... They have an incredible ministry. It's called Chi Alpha, and they, 
they are on college campuses and they go, I think they're like four or five college campuses. Now, how many, Chandra, how many is it? Five? Five college campuses. UIC, I know Northwestern and uh, uh, Loyola is one. And they have meetings there and they're leading kids to Christ and holding Bible studies. So anyway, what Todd says, and I thought this was so good. He says, every day you got to spend time with Jesus. You got to get in the presence of Jesus because you don't want to be, you don't want to miss your opportunity to be a link in God's chain of grace. So today, you might go to a gas station. Today, you might go to a restaurant and talk to a waiter or, uh, 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 you, you know, you have no idea. You could go to the mall or wherever it is. And for you, you don't realize that you're on assignment. You're on assignment. And you could share something that you'll never know until we get to heaven. And someone will knock on your shoulder and say, hey, one day you came to the gas station and, and you let out the light. And God started working on me. And I'm here because that was the beginning. That was the beginning of my life changing. We have a responsibility. A huge responsibility. But it's easy. All we have to do is release the light, which brings me to the last point, And we're going to close. You see, look at what he, he says. Could you? He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So what this is saying here is, listen, okay, you are supposed to be in places and you're like salt. You're like my preservative, okay? And then obviously the rest of the passage and it concludes with this. In the same way, let your light shine. Everyone say that with me. Let your light shine before others. In other words, release the light. Let the light be released before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, I, uh, when, when I was looking at this, I was like, why salt? Why light? And, and actually, Pastor Jake uh, tracked this down for me. It turns out, how many like fireworks? How many like a good fireworks show once in a blue moon? And uh, um, so it's interesting Pastor Jake studied for me and found out that fireworks are really a series of different salts, but they're all salt, okay? And the way it works is there's a little bit of gunpowder and there's a fuse. And when you light the fuse, the gunpowder heats up. The gunpowder helps to propel the, the, the firework but it also generates heat. And when that heat reaches a certain point with the salt, salt with heat, what it does is it releases an amazing array of light. Okay? We're salt that needs to be on fire. And when the salt is on fire, then we walk into the room and we're like fireworks. How many want to be like fireworks today? Fireworks just exploding all over the place. Salt on fire. 
We're like fireworks. That's what God wants us to be. And it's beautiful. People go, ooh, and ah. And you know what? In our own simple way, people could look at us and go, wow. Wow. What happened to you? I want to I close with two recent occurrences, and then we're going to pray. There's a, a sister who just gave her heart to the Lord. She just gave her heart to the Lord maybe maybe three weeks. And I, I heard this story. It so blessed me. Two, come on, stick with me. Two more. This is important. So she walks into her bank after being saved for like three weeks. Tell me this is not the power of light. She walks into the bank. The bank teller sees the woman. Okay, they don't really even exchange words. The, she walks in. The bank teller sees the woman and the woman. And the bank teller says to her, listen, you've been coming into this bank for a lot of years now. Would you please tell me what's happened to you? Oh, Jesus, that, that would be said of us. Amen. Oh, God. Isn't that amazing? Here's one more. So, you know, a couple weeks ago we announced, maybe last week, a couple weeks ago, we announced that we purchased the buildings behind us all the way to Belmont Avenue. And um, uh, because we knew many people would have the question, we also mentioned that immediately we were going to be uh, letting the owner of the adult bookstore, because there's an adult bookstore right down the block, that their lease would be up, which we actually did that Monday. And uh, so that we've let them know. But here's what's really amazing. So the day that we announced that, somebody comes up to me. And I'll keep it super vague. Somebody comes up to me. And, uh, uh, and I have kind of permission to say this. This is cool. Um, somebody comes up to me, says, I got to talk to you. And I start, have a conversation. And make a long story short, I say, how did you get here? And they say, well, I was really messed up, and um, I prayed and asked the Lord to help me. And then I just, I kind of went to find a church. I found Chicago Tabernacle. And when I saw Chicago Tabernacle, I got excited. I said, I know exactly where that is. Okay? And here's the spirit of what he said. I know exactly where that is because I used to, I used to frequent that adult bookstore, but now God is changing my location. How many know that's awesome? I'm going from the dark house to the lighthouse. Hallelujah. Could we praise God? Where sin does abound, grace does even more abound. Hallelujah. Come on, let's put our hands together. God is moving even in the darkest of places. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But what if there was no lighthouse here? You see, God wants to use us as light. And don't say, no, this person is too far gone. You don't understand where I work or you don't understand A or B. We don't have to understand. Well, how many know all we have to do is release the light? That's what I want to do. I want to pray. I want to pray, God, give us faith. Give us courage. God, when we have that divine moment, Lord, help us to release the light. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How many want to pray for grace to release the light?
We need you, Lord. We need you. We need you. We need you. God, we need you because we want to shine your light for your glory, oh God. God, Chicago needs light, oh God. Our family members need light, oh God. Our neighbors need light. Our co-workers need light. Our classmates need light, oh God. And Father, we want to shine your light. We want the light to be released. So everyone, take the hand of the person next to you. And here's what we're going to pray. Lord, begin to release light through my brother, through my sister, like never before. Lord, we will not stand for a blackout in Chicago. In the name of Jesus, come on, begin to pray. Father, let every brother, let every sister, God, let your light shine, oh God. God, in high schools, in offices, oh God. Oh God, in the academic realm, oh God, in colleges and universities, oh Lord. God, on construction sites, at Starbucks, God, let your light shine for your glory, we pray. God, release your light through us. Release your light through your people like never before, oh God. Let our homes, oh God, be like a lighthouse, oh God. Shine your light, oh God. Shine your light, oh God. Shine your light for your glory, oh God. Help us, Lord. We pray, Father, to the left and to the right. Lord, we want to be that link in the chain of grace. We want to be part of someone's story, God. That they will look back and say, that person, they let their light shine. And it made me glorify the Father that is in heaven and Jesus, his Son, O God. Lord, I pray that your people would be released from this place. God, to release your light, O God. Send us out on a mission today. And help us wherever we go to shine your light. And to bring the good news, oh God, of your gospel, oh God, wherever we go, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. Come on, let's praise.